Well, we are wrapping up our series uh, as we start out 2020 this year, a series entitled Seeing Clearly. And if you can't do a series entitled Seeing Clearly in 2020, I mean, when can you, right? Okay, and so today we're wrapping up with a message entitled Seeing Opportunities Clearly. Because opportunities are going to come our way, and will we see them clearly? Because it's easy to miss things that could be right in front of us. A while back, I mean... Uh, I asked my wife the other day to find a shirt for me that I wanted to wear, and I said, I just can't find it. And she walked in to my closet, goes, you mean this one right here? And I went, yeah, that one. Anyway, um, and then she's pointed out to me Facebook memes and other things that say things like this. One of the wedding vows ought to be, do you promise to love your husband even when he can't find anything on his own? Do you promise that? And it's like, and um, she thinks that's funny. Anyway, uh, but the idea is simply this, it's one thing to miss something in the closet right in front of you. It's another thing to miss an opportunity. How am I going to be ready for the opportunities when they come? The good news is the Bible has a lot to say about it because great opportunities are coming our way. And this year I want to take advantage of them. So do you. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll jump right in. Lord, I thank you for all the instruction that your uh, word gives us about seizing opportunities. When they come. And today, Lord, I pray that you will grab my attention and make me aware of some things that I can do to position myself to make the most of this year and see things clearly. Lord, I pray that you'll speak and move me out of the way and teach us something from your word today. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, if you're following along on your outline or whether you're following on the app, point A simply says to make the most of this year, I need to see opportunities clearly. We talked about seeing God clearly, seeing myself clearly, seeing others clearly. And today we're talking about seeing opportunities that are right in front of us. I want to remind you that an opportunity, according to the dictionary, is a situation or a condition that is profitable for attainment of a goal. It's favorable for attaining a goal. So there are going to be circumstances and conditions that are going to help me reach a goal. Paul in Ephesians 5 said, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So this whole message today is to help us not act thoughtlessly. I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of thoughts to you today that the Bible has to say about positioning ourselves so we can make the most of opportunities. And the question is, will you and I embrace those things? Let's, let's let God guide our thoughts here a little bit. We want to make the most of every opportunity. And that's what's so important. So, first of all, one, I need to see opportunities to do good. There are three opportunities that are clear in Scripture that would apply to all of us. And there are opportunities to do good that are coming my way. By the way, why would the Scripture tell us to make the most of every opportunity if opportunities weren't coming? They are coming. And opportunities to do good are among them. Galatians 6.10 Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. It's an opportunity to be kind. It's an opportunity to welcome somebody to the neighborhood. Opportunity to go visit somebody in the hospital. Opportunity to help somebody change a flat tire. Opportunity to write a kind note. Or just encourage somebody who's really been down. You and I will have those opportunities this year. Opportunities to do good, and that's going to change us. It's going to make us a little more like Jesus, and it's going to allow other people to see Jesus in us. 
every time we take advantage of those opportunities to allow his kindness and his love flow out through us. Secondly, I need to see opportunities to tell others about Jesus. Paul talk, was the one who wrote Galatians 6.10. He talks about this in Colossians 4. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities. There it is, to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And you go, well, yeah, I mean, Paul, he was a preacher, an apostle, a missionary. Of course, he's praying for opportunities. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a preacher. How does this apply to me? Well, keep reading. He was writing to the Colossians, and he said, now for you, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Paul wasn't saying, hey, pray just for me. He's saying, hey, pray for me, and then you be ready too. I mean, letting your conversation be gracious and attractive. In some translations, it says, let your conversation be seasoned with salt. So your conversation is enticing. I mean, we have kind words, and we offer people hope and encouragement. Because there are people all around us, oh, they are desperate for love and forgiveness that they can't find. They don't know Jesus. They carry around a ton of guilt and shame. They don't know they can come to him and he'll forgive them and restore them and empower them to live a new life. Man, we've got good news for people. And there are opportunities coming our way. And sometimes they will come at the least likely hour. I'll give you one example. Uh, a few years ago, I was asked to officiate at a funeral for a man who'd been attending our church some and his family had contacted me he had this guy was a strapping individual strong just full of life and um, he'd been caught in a thunderstorm that came up really fast in the middle of summer and his car hydroplaned off the road and he slammed into a tree and he died and it was just a shock to everyone because he was so strong and so healthy right in the prime of his life and I remember the Lord really laid it on my heart at a uh, funeral message to really bring out the fact that life is short and we need to make the most of every day. So I stood up and said, I asked people, I said, you know, if you, may, if you and I made a list of a hundred people we thought might not make it to the end of the week, this guy is not going to be on that, would have never been on that list. In fact, he wouldn't have been on a list of a thousand people. But anyway, I got finished with the message and other things and there was a fellow who came up to me afterward and he said oh man John he said that really hit me he said I haven't been in church in a long time I've only been to a couple of funerals in my life and I just came here to pay my respects and he said but when you said that about it, would I have thought this guy would pass he said I never thought this guy would die and he goes I'm not ready to die how many of y'all think that's an opportunity to talk about Jesus yeah I did I said, we need to sit down and talk. And you go, well, there you go, John. There you go. You're the preacher again. I mean, sure, that works for you. That wouldn't work for me. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't say that. I get emails and texts and phone calls all the time. People going, hey, I attended the funeral of a family member or a friend or a coworker. And then we were talking about this at my office. And one of my coworkers said, hey, I don't, I don't have any kind of religious face. I, I don't know what it's like. What do you think happens after death and things? What do I say? And they're asking me, how would you answer that question? I'm always glad to help them with that. The point is, is that I'm not the only one who's going to have those opportunities. You will too. 
And so all of a sudden a chance to tell people that Jesus comes up at a funeral? Could. Could happen after somebody has a baby. And they're holding the baby for the first time. They're going, how do I raise this child? How do I find direction? Where do I, how do I know how to live life? There's an opportunity. Or somebody's gone through a business reversal or something else painful. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, what a great opportunity. So I'm going to have opportunities to do good. I'm going to have opportunities to tell others about Jesus. Thirdly, I'm going to, see, I'm going to have opportunities that I need to see about growing and maturing. And they tie, that ties right into what we've just been talking about. That sometimes it comes in the least likely place. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect. Some translations, mature and complete, needing nothing. Well, if I want to grow in maturity, then God's going to send opportunities my way, and they're going to be disguised as problems. I mean, why would I need courage if I never face anything of which I'm kind of afraid? Why would I need wisdom if I never have any problems that are hard to solve coming my way? Why would I need strength if this was easy to do? So if God's going to make me stronger, if God's going to make me wiser, if God's going to make me courageous, a better leader, if he's going to make me the person that is growing and maturing in my faith, well, then he's going to allow all sorts of problems to come my way. And James says, when that happens, realize what's going on. Your heavenly father hasn't abandoned you. These are opportunities for you. To grow and mature. They're coming. Opportunities to serve and be kind. Opportunities to do good and tell others about Jesus. They're all coming our way. And that brings us to point two. Then I need to be ready. And so four things will help me see these opportunities are these. The first one is readiness. I need to be ready. I mean, the time to have a storm shelter in place, a tornado shelter, is not when the sirens are going off. Hey, honey, the sirens are going off. Let's get out. Let's order one of those storm shelters. Okay, that's a little bit late. I got to get this in place before the storm comes. Well, if I'm going to see opportunities for what they are, well, then I need to be ready and expect that opportunities are coming my way. I expect opportunities from God this year. I expect opportunities from God this year. Could we say that together, please? I expect opportunities from God this year. I mean, think if we actually lived like that. Think if every day we got up in the morning saying, God, I know you're going to bring opportunities to come my way. This year, maybe today, an opportunity to do good. Maybe today, an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Maybe an opportunity today to grow and mature, maybe today. Three things readiness requires. If I'm going to be ready, well, okay, John, how do I be ready? Well, here are three ways to be ready. Readiness requires margin. And if you've been around Centerpoint before, you know John Schmidt brings this up at least twice a year. Margin, by the way, is the, is the space between my load and my limit. 
This is how much I can handle. This is my load. And if my load is at my limit, then I have no margin. If I'm overloaded financially, I have no extra money to spend. I am just barely making the minimum payments. No margin. If my calendar is overbooked and I've promised more things than I can deliver, and I'm so tired, my head hits the pillow at night, I just, oh, if I can just sleep. And then tomorrow I just make it through another day and I'm just overloaded. No margin. So margin is space. And in this space, I'm going to have the money and the time and the energy to take advantage of opportunities when they come. No margin, no space. In the margin, in your notes, please write the word peace. That's another name for this space. It's called peace. Because here's peace. Because troubles are coming and they'll be allowed to come so I can grow. Service opportunities are coming so I can be kind and do good. Other people are going to go through situations where they need to hear about Jesus. But if I have no time, no money, no energy, it doesn't matter. I can't take advantage of them. I won't be ready. So the biggest thing I can do to be ready is build some margin into my life. Some friends of Jesus, Mary and Martha, invited them to her their house. Martha was cooking supper for everyone in the kitchen. Mary, her sister, was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha came into the room and said, Jesus, tell my sister to get in the kitchen and help me so we can get supper ready for everybody. Here's what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary's chosen what's better. Please circle the word better. And it will not be taken away from her. It's better. Mary had the opportunity to hear God speak out loud. And Martha couldn't see it. Jesus was God in the flesh, speaking out loud in their house. And Martha couldn't see it. She couldn't see the opportunity. Too many things, no margin. I don't want that to be said about me this year. I don't want that to be said about you. If I'm going to be ready, i got to have margin. If I'm going to be ready, I have to also be flexible. Readiness requires flexibility. I mean, again, if you have an opportunity, it just means that I'm willing to change. A good opportunity comes if I've been going this way, well, i got to go that way. All kinds of leadership books make a statement here that say, before you embrace a new opportunity, decide what it is you're going to give up in order to seize that opportunity. I mean, if I'm going to spend an extra hour a week over here, well, I've been living 24 hours a day now. What have I been doing with that hour over there? What am I willing to give up? Now, it might be easy. Well, I'm going to give up TV. Well, it might not be that easy because Netflix starts another show every eight seconds. You know what I mean? It's just, it might not be that easy. But what am I going to give up to spend an extra hour to create margin? To find peace? And am I flexible enough to do that? A sobering proverb here. You, might never, you may never have read this before. Proverbs 13, 19. It's pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. And how sad is that? 
You got a dream, an opportunity, and you won't go. So I got to have margin. I got to be flexible. I also have to have faith. Readiness requires faith. According to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is confidence in what we hope for will actually happen. Galatians 6.9, Paul said, so let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up, if we don't give up. Could we say that phrase together, please? If we don't give up. One more time. If we don't give up. The reason I say that is I don't have to just be ready now in January. I have to be ready in March and August and October. And some of the opportunities that God has for me in 2020 are going to come after Thanksgiving. Or will I have given up by then? Paul says, don't quit. Don't be weary in doing good. In due season, we'll reap if we don't give up. What if I don't give up? I mean, God has opportunities coming my way this year. I need to be ready. Point two, I also need to seek wise counsel. So do you. To take advantage of opportunity, Rick Warren always asks this question. What do I need to know and who knows it? What do I need to know and who knows it? I have an opportunity to buy a house. I don't know if I can afford it. Well, who knows how much you can afford? Go talk to them. Hey, I've got a health problem. I'm not sure what to do about it. Well, who does know? Go talk to her. Go talk to him. I'm not sure what to do with our marriage. I'm not sure what to do with my teenager. Well, who does know? Go get advice. This is so important that we get ourselves in a position of seeking wise counsel because wise counsel will help us understand how to take advantage of opportunities. Will help, they'll help us see things as they really are. Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. That's Proverbs 15.22. And Proverbs 11.14 adds, where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. How open are you and I to counsel? Do we seek it? There are people who know a lot of things that I don't know. And so when an opportunity comes, I'm going to need to seek counsel because the note here is important. Not all opportunities are good opportunities. They're not all good. Can we go to that next slide, please? Not all opportunities are good opportunities. Ephesians 4, be angry, yet do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil an opportunity. The devil's looking for opportunities too. If he can get you and I wrapped around the axle about something that just keeps us angry all the time, oh, he's got a big foothold in my life. If I'm always angry, man, he can mess up my job. He can mess up my marriage. He can mess up my relationships with the neighbors next door. He can mess up my whole life. He's looking for that opportunity. That's why it's so important to have margin, margin, find peace. And why I get wise counsel, I mean, you can put all of this together. Hey, why are you so angry? What's going on with you? And then I can see things as they really are. Not every opportunity is a good one. 
Thirdly, if I'm going to see opportunities clearly, I need honest evaluation. I need to, I mean, wise counsel will help with that, but I need to be willing to honestly evaluate things. First of all, I need to evaluate what are the pros and cons of this opportunity. So even before I go seek wise counsel, I can already say, make a list. What would happen if I got out a legal pad and I just wrote out the pros and the cons? This side, the things that are good about this opportunity. This side, the things that are bad. And maybe I even created another column over here where things I'm not sure of. It's fine. Terribly, terribly important that we do this. When Jesus was talking to people who wanted to come after him, he said, well, don't begin till you count the cost. But who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? So you come to me. And follow me. Well, that's, that's wonderful. It's what he wanted people to do. But there would be choices that would come their way. So you need to count the cost. Proverbs 14, 16. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. They haven't counted the cost at all. Well, that's not wise. So I'm going to have an honest evaluation. Well, pros and cons are important. It's also important to check my motives. Why am I doing this? What's driving me? Galatians 1.10, Paul said, Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? He said, No, if I was trying to win the approval of men, I'd be a people pleaser. But I'm a God pleaser. And he comes first. What about me? If I got an opportunity to come, is that what's driving me? To impress people? To be famous? To be popular? 1 Timothy 6.10, Timothy, some people eager for money have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Am I making a decision solely based on just getting more money? I mean, there have been many times through decades of ministry where people have come to me about uh, a career change or maybe a promotion. When they first start out, it sounds like a good opportunity, and then you find out they're going to have to travel a lot, and this is going to be a lot more responsibility, and it's not necessarily in their gift set, and there's going to be a lot of stress, and there's been three other people who have held this job in the last year, and they've all stopped because they got burned out. Should I take it? It's like, well, why would you take it? It's like, it would be a lot more money. And then I could get this, and then I could do that, and then this could happen. Yeah, but wouldn't this put a real stress on your marriage? And this isn't really in your giftedness, and this isn't this. And it's like, yeah, I know, but man. Not all opportunities are good opportunities. What's driving me? What's my motive? Will this opportunity allow me to make the best use of my time, energy, and calling? That's another question. Hmm. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, Ephesians 4, 1. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Do you know that God has a calling on your life? Just because all things are lawful for us, just because something's legal doesn't mean it's profitable. So I'm going to have to ask myself this question. It's like not only what are my motives and the pros and cons, 
but is this going to help me make the best of my time and the best of my resources and the best of the calling God has placed on me? He's given me a family and he's put me in a certain place and he's given me certain spiritual gifts. Am I making the most of those? Important question to ask. So you and I need honest evaluation. We need wise counsel. We need to be ready. And fourthly, I need to spend time with God every day. Every day. It's one thing to get wise human counsel, but we can get counsel from God himself if we spend time in his word. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And if you and I will read the Bible every day, we will have multiple times when we read the Bible and we will just be amazed at how it is speaking exactly to what I need to hear that day. If you have ever had that happen to you in your life, would you raise your hand and look around and see how many hands went up? If you and I will spend time in God's word, talk about innermost thoughts and desires, that's my motive. I could be reading a story from the Old Testament I could be reading something out of the book of Psalms, a hymn from the book of Psalms. I could be reading something from the New Testament, a letter of Paul, and the same thing had happened in every situation. All of a sudden it would touch on exactly some, a, parallel, a situation exactly parallel to what I'm going through, and I realize God is showing me my own heart. And sometimes it's greatly encouraging, and other times it's deeply convicting. But if you and I want to be ready for opportunities, we need to spend time in God's word every day. And now we're back to why we need margin. I'm not talking about trying to read the Bible on our phone while we're driving, eating a breakfast sandwich, steering with our knees. Because then you better have on speed dial your insurance agent because you're going to rear end the car in front of you at the next stoplight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about creating space where I can sit down and read the Bible can pray about it and I can actually sit still for a few minutes and be quiet and allow God to speak to me. I mean, even as I pause right here, how often do we do this where we're not watching anything on TV, not looking at our phone, not listening to the radio, just quiet? God, I have a problem here, and I read this today. And would you show me some things? Would you lead me? Paul again in Galatians. We're not living, since we're not, since we are living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I don't want to follow my own selfish desires. I want to follow the Holy Spirit's desires. The same Holy Spirit who inspired the writers of Scripture to write what they wrote is the same Holy Spirit who will help me apply it to my life. But am I going to create enough margin to listen? Am I going to seek wise counsel from people who can help make it clear to me? Am I willing to take time to thoughtfully consider the opportunities God has brought before me? Because the opportunities are coming. Paul would never tell us, make the most of opportunities. Well, they probably won't come. That's not what he said. Make the most of these opportunities. They are coming. We just need eyes to see them. And I hope I'm encouraging you today. It's like because sometimes we get so discouraged. We started with 
high and lofty goals on New Year's resolutions, and now it's the end of January, and we go, oh, it's too late. I've already given up. Don't give up. Please don't give up. And we even have an extra, this is a leap year. We have an extra day. And it's January 26th. We have 366 days in 2020. That means we have 340 days left. 93% for those of you who want to do the math. This is not the time to give up. This is the time to be excited about the opportunities that God is bringing your way. My way this year. But I need to see them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand. I'd ask all of you to stand right now. And I'm going to pray for us. And we're going to stand before God as we stand before 340 days left in the year. And we're going to ask God to help us see the opportunities that he's bringing our way. Will you pray with me? God, as we stand before you now, we stand with 93% of the year in front of us. There are opportunities coming. Opportunities to do good. Opportunities to talk to others about Jesus. Opportunities to grow. We are certain of these things. Your scripture tells us this. And Paul said for us to make the most of these opportunities, and we won't do it if we don't see them. So, God, I pray that you will help us find margin in our lives, that we'll turn off the TV, we'll turn off our phones. We will carve out time to be still in your presence to listen to you. If you need that in your life, would you pray that God will help you develop margin in your life, in your time and in your money, so you're getting, and in your energy, so you're sleeping enough and eating right too? Pray about it right now. Say, God, I need help this year on that. God, I want to I seize opportunities. Please help me. Oh, God, I need wise counsel too. I can't figure all this out on my own. Please lead me to people who know what I need to know. Show me who they are and help me listen. Ask God to give you counselors, wise counselors who can guide you. God, I pray for honest evaluation, that I take the time to write down the pros and cons. I take time to check my motives and I'd be willing to change if what I find there is wrong. God, and help me have a hunger and a thirst for your word and your righteousness. God, I want to know what you think. Fill me with your spirit and help me walk in your spirit step by step every day. Thank you for this year. Help me see opportunities clearly. I am grateful that you love me so much and I am grateful for the opportunities you're bringing. I expect opportunities this year. If this is your prayer this morning, then together can we say amen.